In this episode, we take a look at listener feedback. We share with you some questions, some really amazing comments and additions to our episodes. We correct a couple things that our viewers debunked from an episode that we shared. And we even talk about the person who gave us a one-star review and why they were so angry. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, I think it's time to talk about some listener feedback and react and chat about some of the amazing things the listeners have sent in. Yeah. I mean, and it would be selfish for us not to actually, because they, they reach out to us with like really great information about different tools they use, different decks and books they read. Um, So I think for us to share with everyone else is going to be helpful. Yeah, I think that we have the best listeners ever because they're so smart and they ask such insightful questions and make such mm-hmm. great comments. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, whoever else has a podcast, our listeners are better. <laughs> Agreed. I agree. Our The questions we get are so thoughtful. Um, and so, you know, you can tell that they really care about the things they're writing to us about. Exactly. All right. So I'm going to read you some and we're going to talk them out. I just want you guys to know if you're thinking about sending us feedback, Jamie responds. So we're, we're talking about them now, but Jamie responded to these people in the email privately because she's amazing. And I have people who I write back to them and they're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't think you were going to actually reply. I was like, (laughs) of course, rude. Of course we would reply. I know exactly. So I just want you to, to know that send them in. I would love to do more of these episodes because I I love having listeners' voices sort of included in our commentary. I agree. Okay. The first one I thought I would talk about with you was from Ashley. Mm -hmm. Ashley said, I just wanted to let you girls know how amazing your podcast has been for me. I've always felt like I really connected with people and grew up always chasing different friend groups because I felt different from everyone. Mm. Thank you for helping me realize all my, and these are in air quotes, crazy coincidence, coincidences in life were really my intuition intuition, and teaching me how to listen to it. You girls are awesome. It, I mean, that's great. And super complimentary, which is, but like, we're not, we're not reading this so that you guys can be like, Oh yeah, those girls are great. It's <laughs> really like how many people listening right now have had that exact experience. Yeah, where you're like, I really love people and connect to them, but I don't really feel like I fit anywhere. Right. I mean, I think it's the story for a lot of intuitive people trying to find a place where they belong and where they fit in. And I think that that's like that message sums up why we do this podcast. It really does. It truly. And it's one of those things where at different stages of kind of your journey, I don't even want to say intuitive journey. I just want to say like working on yourself journey, which is probably the most intuitive thing you could do. Correct, right? You know what I mean? Different stages of it. You realize that your experience is a lot of people's experience and it feels so much better because intuitive empathic 
people feel different their whole life. And so you're like, oh, but wait, there's a group of people who feel different too. And so I'm like them. Yeah. So you're less alone. (laughs) Exactly. And I did want to touch upon her beautiful point about the quote unquote crazy coincidences. Mm, Yes. Do you remember the turning point in your life where you realized that there was no such thing as a coincidence? I mean, I don't remember the exact moment. I know when it was, and it was when I started on my own journey of of this. When you start to be like this, there's no way that this could all be a coincidence. This is all leading somewhere. Yeah. I remember mine in the sense of like, it was when I was walking away from religion fully, Mm -hmm. like, I, I didn't do it in like one felt swoop. I did it in a lot of stages. Yep. And when I did, what I really was was like dealing with was the idea that like, it's okay that things in the universe happen for you. That's not selfish. Ah, yes. That's a great point. And I felt that at least my experience and my take from religion was that like, you weren't supposed to think of yourself that way. Yes. No, you, you don't think of yourself outside of God. Right. And like, it's sort of like the world doesn't revolve around you. Right. When when you start to be like, yes, it does. (laughs) My world revolves around me. That's the whole point. Everyone's world revolves around them. Yes, yes, exactly. That's when I started to go, oh, these things that feel very coincidental. Right. Are just what other people call signs from the universe. Yes, exactly. So I really, I really loved that she brought that up because I feel like if you really look at like, nothing's a coincidence, if when you start to look at the world that way, I feel like it, it becomes a a much more magical place. Exactly. All right. Our next one I'm going to read is from Melissa. Okay. So she is said, I am listening to episode 12. Wow. She's an OG listener. Yeah. Yeah. She's wondering if Jamie has any online Reiki classes she can recommend or that she teaches. <laughs> so Jamie does. Yes. Jamie, will you tell, tell the people what you have to offer them? Well, I will say I have a handful of really consistent, incredible distal Reiki clients that I've gotten from this podcast. I love it. reached out and that I we do sessions, you know, like we basically text them. I, I text my sessions. If you, a lot of them live in different time zones, but yeah, I do. I offer distal sessions. I offer online classes. Uh, one of our listeners, Nicole, who I know listens almost religiously, although that's not the right word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she and I did like a, a one-on-one session where she wanted to just, she already was like got all of her Reiki certifications and she just wanted to understand more, like less about chakras, more about frequency and how that works in the body. So I basically just like customized a personalized session for her where we spoke on Zoom for an hour. You guys can, do you hear that? Like you can literally book something with Jamie where you're like, this is what I want to know more about. She'll teach to you and then you can just ask her a bunch of questions and she'll answer them. I don't think there's anything better than that. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Part of that session was us just ch- like chatting about her journey and like how her intuition works, and and even just sort of like just going back and forth. She, I, I think she left with a better understanding about not only how energy worked like in general, but for her, which I yeah. think is really powerful. That's amazing. 
So if anyone else wants to do something like that, just go to our website, intuitivegirlshead.com, and you can contact Jamie through there or through Instagram um, on our IGG Instagram account as well. Yeah, you can just DM us. We'll, we'll get back to you. Awesome. Okay. This is a good one. Are you ready for this one? Yes. This is from Brianna. Okay. Does diet affect your energy or connections with spirit guides slash meditation? Oh, great question. question. Yeah. So the answer, at least the initial one, I feel like is going to be sort of a letdown, but the answer is it depends. (laughs) Right. Right. For some people. So I I guess I could say, yes, diet affects your ability to do those things. Mm. For some people, it affects it a lot. For some people, it barely affects it. And I think you also have to talk about what your definition of diet is. Exactly. Right. Because I think when you say diet, I think you're restricting. I think you're, I think you're withholding. So that's going to, that's definitely going to affect your intuition. Exactly. Okay. I would just like to plug a future episode that we're already working on about intuitive eating so we can talk about this kind of stuff. Yes. So stay tuned for that. But I'm answering her question as if she means like how you eat food, not that you're restricting carbs or something. Exactly. Right. Like calorie counting. Okay. Exactly. Um, I will say if you are eating less than what your body's asking you for, it will affect your frequency very negatively, which will make it very difficult to connect and understand like messages and things. A hundred percent. Okay. So that maybe that would help the diet place. Right. Your body is very intuitive and knows what it needs. And if you're not giving it that for whatever reason, it's going to be harder to energetically connect to anything because your physical body and your energetic body are so connected. Absolutely. Okay. In addition to that though, if you're just talking about the foods you're eating, eating things like meat or steak or things like that, or maybe potatoes, things that grow in the earth, those are very grounding foods. Yes. If in order to connect better, you need grounding to do Mm -hmm. that, right? Everyone needs, people think they just need to float up into space, but if you're not grounded enough, then it's very difficult to connect. You have to be grounded in your body to use your own natural abilities. Exactly. Otherwise, you're not going to understand or remember anything. It's just going to be kind of like a dream you forgot when you experience it. Okay. So if what you need is more grounding, eating foods that are more grounding, and you can Google this, like lists of foods that are grounding and lists of foods that will sort of lift you up more into your higher chakras, Mm -hmm. you can find those. Okay. So if, if you eat more of that because you need more grounding, that will help. If you eat something more like a carb or something like that's going to be a bit lighter, that's going to make even sugar and stuff. That's going to be sort of the part of you that's more creative, that sort of just kind of connects up. That's going to strengthen that for you. So it's really about understanding your own body and understanding how foods respond to it, but also what you need to connect. Agreed. And wouldn't you say that some, not all, I will I will not say all, some intuitive people are more sensitive to certain foods. I would, I would say all are very sensitive to foods. I know it's probably not like the right thing to say all, cause there's always exceptions to the rule, but I would say 
Yes. And I would say, especially foods that have things in them that are not natural. And I'm not trying to sound like a a cuckoo, don't ever take medicine or all chemicals are bad person. Right. I don't, I don't think that, but I do think that like things like maybe like Roundup in our food, intuitive people's bodies will have a bigger reaction to something it doesn't want than someone who maybe might claim to have an iron stomach and it's not bothering them. The person with the iron stomach isn't actually stronger, right? It's just that their body isn't like detecting stuff as much because they're not as sensitive to it. So things like that, yes. And then just because you're intuitive doesn't mean that you like have the same, should eat the same way to connect. Like every single body is different, but you are more sensitive to whatever it is you're taking in. Right. Agreed. And I know a lot of people who are intuitive and feel better, operate better when they don't eat gluten or they don't eat dairy. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence either. It's definitely not. And, you know, if you look at, if you were to say the two kind of food groups in our country that are probably the most laced with bad things and chemicals and cause the most inflammation, it would be dairy and gluten. So um, I think that that's, has a lot to do with it. I don't, I don't think it's like a, like a cover all statement, but I do think if you're someone who's feeling off and you're like an intuitive sensitive person, you might try cutting those foods out, you yep. know, and not everyone has to never eat them. Like me, some people can just like be conscious of how much or like every once in a while, take a week or two off from those foods and they're fine. Yeah. That's me. Right. It's all just knowing your own body, right. which I'm not trying to shame anyone for not because I think I could be the poster child for like super intuitive, but yet not great at listening to their own body signals when it comes to food. Right. Same. So yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. So I hope that answers it a little bit. Basically learn your body and you can pay attention to like, you know, like kind of a baby step I think could be if you were going to, you know, connect or try to get a message or meditate on something, or even just like really think about something like tune into yourself, just sort of ask yourself, like, do I need to feel more grounded? Or do I need to feel like more divinely connected and creative? Like, which side do I need to be on more and then eat something that would help that? That's a great point. Okay. And then, you know, people who have like different ways of operating, like for example, people who have ADHD, a lot of times a food that might ground me might do the opposite to them. Right. Exactly. You know, I think of coffee's effect on me will kind of speed me up a bit. Whereas like my ADHD husband will get very calm and centered from coffee. So it's also not a catch all. Like it's more important to know what your body or how your body reacts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Our next question or feedback form is from Karen and she said, hi ladies. I love your show and was very excited to listen to episode 58 universal desires and fears. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. So this is long. So I'm going to cut to the part that I think is important and I'm cutting out a lot of the compliments. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. We don't, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But we appreciate all of them. We do. Yes. Okay. So she's talking about how when she was listening, she listened to the first one. And when she started to go into part two, 58 is the second episode, she had a bit of a panic attack. Oh, really? So taking in the information. um, And so she had, it was about when we were talking about abandonment. 
Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Uh huh. And she had lost both of her parents and then her youngest brother in the spring. Oh, yeah, that's rough. So I thought that we should address this because sometimes I think when you hear like a panic attack or anxiety attack or something, you think there's something wrong with you. Mm. And I think if you're listening to something like those episodes are really big, important things that will cause you to be shooketh no matter what, I think. Right, right, right. If you are listening to something and whether it's us or anybody and you start to feel like not good, panicky, it's just your your whole being saying like, we're not quite here ready to hear all of this yet. Right, exactly. You can come back and listen another time. You can skip over it. You can move on to something else. Like you can go listen to the pyramids or something, something that's not going to trigger as much personal stuff. But right. Grief is like a, a big thing. And like trauma is a, a thing to respect because your energy, your spirit, your body, your all of that knows when you're ready to deal with stuff. Exactly. That's a really, that's a very good point. And I, I think that there's something to be said for listening to something that makes you sort of get in touch with your grief and feel your feelings. And if you're listening to that episode, it makes you cry and have a release. That's a good thing. But if it's putting you in the place where you're feeling panicky, you're feeling like you're having a panic attack or an anxiety attack, that means that you just need to take a break. Exactly. Exactly. It's such an important distinction. Mm. Don't avoid everything, but don't push yourself too far. Exactly. Exactly. And this is why people who aren't be having a lot of spiritual integrity that we talk about and, and doing sessions with people or bringing stuff up or, or like centering the whatever healing or whatever session around themselves bother Jamie and I so much. Right. Because these are digging into like why you have a fear of abandonment. is like a big effing deal. Uh, agreed. There's a lot of stuff attached to that. Mm-hmm. So it might be something that like if I if if you were a friend of mine, listener, and you were telling me this, what I would suggest is to take the information and talk to it with a th- about it with a therapist, like someone who can like help you walk through it and feel safe when you're ready. Like there is no shame in that. Nope. Not no. I, that's the opposite. The opposite of shame. If if yeah. you're if you're taking your issues and your trauma to a therapist, that's a point of pride. You should be proud of yourself. Oh, I so agree. But a big reaction is is just your whole being trying to tell you something. So yep. it's totally okay to just be like, whoa, I'm not ready for it. There's clearly something here. You know, right. and the, the listener was saying that, like how obviously like she needs to like dig into that. But right. I say like, but dig in when you're ready. Right. Agreed. That's all. Yeah. Agreed. There is this this thing in in the spiritual holistic whatever world where it's like you should find all of your issues and like steamroll them right away and like it's almost like hustle culture hit. Yes, 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 yes. No, you take your mother effing time because these issues are gonna be with you your whole life and they're gonna get easier to carry and easier to deal with, but they're they're just gonna keep circling around you. So there is no rush, there's no prize, there's no gold medal. When you're ready to deal with something, then you should deal with it. That's all. Yeah, and it's not an it's not an issue to be rushed. Like that type of feeling can't be rushed. So if you're rushing it, 
you're probably just shoving it away somewhere. Yeah. And you're probably just sitting in your ego if you're doing that too. So Yeah. yeah. All right. Our next one is from Donna. Okay. This is another long one. I'm going to cut it down, but this is about the Rachel Hollis debacle. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she, I love it because she starts the the whole thing with UG in (laughs) capital letters and an exclamation point. (laughs) She said the episode that I listened to first, like she found us was the Rachel Hollis episode. And so she, she goes on to say that she was like surrounded by Rachel Hollis lovers for years. Yeah. And like started the book and hated it and like thought there was something wrong with her because everyone right. loved it. Like, like we did. Right. <laughs> right. So she loved hearing our experience. And she actually said when she was like reading it and stuff, like it gave her a stomach ache to me. That's such a great, it's like literally your guts are like, no ma'am. No, stop. Exactly. Yes. So she asked if we would talk about her like kind of coming back and sort of her like switch in story that's happening now. Miss Rachel. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to give Rachel Hollis too much of my energy because I mm-hmm. like I feel like we already took her out in a whole episode. Yeah. What I will say is in the stuff that I see her coming back and, and she's like trying to re-enter the stratosphere. Yes. It's very evident to me that she doesn't get it. No, I, I'm. We're already seeing the pushback of it on TikTok. Like people are not taking her shit anymore, and it's like, it's, it's so cringy for me. <laughs> I feel like, I, I, I just when I see those TikToks come up, I'm like, Lord, just learn to read the room. Just read the fucking room. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many things right now with these like influencers getting a lesson handed to them. Like they get, this is a linnet. This is my mom saying, and you're going to hear how ridiculous it is, but it's perfect. They get too big for their britches. Of course. Right. Yes. And then when the world hands them in a, a moment to adjust and learn, they dig their heels in and refuse to have any humility. And it's like, Oh, it's this pattern we keep watching. Right. And yep. I really feel like anything that Rachel is saying that is like an apologetic is very performative. And when she talks about the experience, I, you can hear that she doesn't get it at all. Why she made a mistake or several mistakes. No, I mean, a lot of these people that you see that they're trying to tap into this like wellness community, this holistic community, mm-hmm. they're not truly acting from a place of intuition. And so you can tell that these like apologies or, you know, whatever they're trying to, say there you can just read in their tone and the words that they're just written by some PR person that's just some you know fabricated statement to like gloss over the mistakes no one's really learning or changing or growing oh, yes exactly and don't you think that's why intuitive people like um our friend Donnie here get a stomach ache because we have the biggest authenticity yes. slash bullshit like meters that go off. Yeah. Yeah. I do see some like more people like quoting her again or like sharing or stitching like a a video or saying something. And I'm, I have been like resisting the urge to like stitch at that and be like, please go listen to our episode. Like this is not a person to promote. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm not promising. I'm not going to do that on our IGG TikTok, but I see the resurgence of her, but I'm pretty sure she's just going to undo herself again. So, 
yeah, I, I think that's her destiny until she can really start to like do some introspection. Exactly. Exactly. All right. The next one is from Stacy. And this is a little bit longer, but I want to read the whole thing because it's such a fantastical question. Okay. Um, and I know you, like you did all of these, you answered these like a pro, but um, so this is from Stacy and she's talking about, she started at episode 66, which is the Maybon episode about the Sabbaths. Okay. She said, hello. First, I'd like to say that I thoroughly enjoy listening to your podcast. It's very enlightening. I'm curious about something though. I'm first generation Dominican, which means I have a lot of African and native DNA, very minuscule European DNA. So Mm. I would assume that the history of these pagan traditions would not really be my history, right? Are these Sabbaths considered to be in quotes, white culture? Thanks Mm. in advance. Okay. I know you, it's it's an awesome question. So I know, I know you had a great answer for it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I, I mean, I wrote her a response that was like three paragraphs. (laughs) (laughs) So I won't read the whole thing. But I mean, I started with just saying that the word pagan, like we talk about a lot, covers um, anything that existed before patriarchal religion, right? So like there is no geographical limit on that. If it was before those religions, then it is technically covered under the word pagan. I think Sabbath, I told her, I think that Sabbath sometimes can be more related to like white or European culture, you know, especially because they're like Celtic and Germanic a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Um, So Sabbath, I would see that like, maybe she might not feel like that applies to her, her own personal heritage. Like the Um, word you mean? The word Sabbath. Um, But pagan absolutely covers everything. Pagan covers Egyptian, which you've always said, Heather, you know, when we say Egyptian pagan, we really mean like African. It covers a lot of African culture everywhere. A pagan is everything that is not the big three patriarchal religions. Exactly right. It's open to everybody. Yeah. And it's a great question because a lot of the things that are recorded are recorded through the lens of what she's referring to as white culture. Exactly. So even when we're talking about things from like Egyptian culture, which Egyptian pagan would be also just considered African pagan, like you said before, that was sort of like the quote unquote capital of that, you know, continent in that area. So that's how it was recorded. Mostly there's Mm -hmm. certainly many exceptions to that. I'm, I'm sort of generalizing it, but right. When you, when you like look at everything, you have to remember that the people who were like saving it and recording most of the stuff that were, had the privilege to do so were mostly European. So even some of the stuff you're hearing about more cultures that are like, like of African descent, right? Like of the Uh DNA she's talking about, the way that we're talking about it is probably a bit whitewashed, even Definitely. even when you're trying to just be historical. And I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's all whitewashed. Um, but I, I said to her in the email that I don't think that Sabbath or I don't think the word Sabbath could be appropriated. Like it felt like that's what she was worrying about. Like she didn't want to be using that word if it didn't apply to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we sort of forget sometimes is that because of, the patriarchy and the church coming in and trying to like land grab and steal property and territory. 
a lot of these cultures were nomadic. They were fleeing or they were moving around. And so there's no like one set, say, you know, this was the Maybon episode, right? Like there's no one set ritual for Maybon because it has been shifting. It shifted and changed all of the years and years and years that they were traveling, you know, either just traveling to travel or traveling because they were fleeing. So it's always changing and shifting. Anybody who didn't conform or convert to patriarchal religion was a refugee. Yes. And those refugees got together and did their best to record their history. Right. And so a lot of times in that happening, the cultures combined what they would do. But what what we always find so fascinating is that every culture, before they had the ability to communicate with each other, would celebrate the seasonal shifts and the equinoxes and, you know, what the the moon was doing, what's happening in astrology. That was across the board. Instinctively happening. So even if some of the stuff that we say is more based in like the Northern Hemisphere and how they do it or through the European lens – there is also the same thing happening in the Southern hemisphere and, and, and outside of that lens. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was such a good question. Agreed. I think that might be a good place to take a quick little break and then come back with some more fabulous, fabulous feedback. And I even have, I screenshot it so we could talk about it. The person's comments who gave us a one star, Jamie. Yes, our first negative feedback. I still still makes me smile every time I think of it. <laughs> no, I will say it's our first negative feedback outside of TikTok. Oh, true, 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 true. In Facebook, yeah, we got like yeah, and we've discussed this in another. Why were we talking about this? We talked about this in another episode, but like it was like our recap when we were talking about the grab avoid. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get a nasty comment on Instagram and it was the first one there where someone was like really angry with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I can't wait for you to hear the hill that this person will die on. So we'll we'll talk about that too. But we'll be right back. We'll be right back after this short break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Heather, it's season four. We're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor, Restoration Coffee. What coffee are you drinking these days, Jay? It goes back and forth between a Rachel and a Paige. 
I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IGG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the Intuitive Girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, everybody. This week we are obsessed once again with a with a TikTok. It's a TikTok, but it's a TikTok of a Brene Brown quote. Yeah. So it's so Heather sent this to me, and then like the, I'll tell you the the, the caption that she, she wrote her own like message that she, when she sent it to me, and she just wrote, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> and it's by the TikTok user is mindfully mended mama. I I don't personally follow her. That's just, I think it just came up in your FYP, but um, she is just having this TikTok where she's just visually reacting like with her face to this audio clip of Brene Brown. And what she said was, she said the opposite of fitting in is belonging. What you may be asking yourself right now. (laughs) I think, I really think that it's, almost like antithetical to think that like when you first hear that you're like that doesn't make sense fitting in is belonging yeah I I really feel like my I stand by my oh shit comment yeah I agree because that's exactly when I I heard it I watched it a couple times to hear it and (laughs) I heard it the first time and I was like what and then I was like wait a minute this is Brene Brown so yeah right exactly (laughs) so let me listen again and then I was like oh my god yeah because fitting in is not being yourself and being accepted no it's like it's like editing yourself and molding yourself to fit in it's it's kind of like doing a great job masking exactly whereas belonging is just you being intuitively naturally you and people being like, oh, I'm cool with that. Exactly. Even exactly. like the messy parts or the parts that you feel like are like your shadow elements. Belonging is someone being okay with all of it. They might not like all of it, but they're just like, oh, right. I'm, I care about you. Doesn't matter. Agreed. But I think that sometimes we get so stuck in the story of not fitting in that I'm not saying all the time. But sometimes I think it becomes so habitual to just assume that you're not going to belong, that you just start off by trying to fit in. You start off editing and masking and and adjusting yourself, right? Like you sometimes you don't even give people a chance to see if they like you, like the real, real you, you know? I feel like you're just describing my teens and 20s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I felt so shooketh by this because although I I spent a lot of my life trying to fit in and kind of with the knowledge that I was never going to, right? So I wasn't trying to belong. I knew I couldn't belong. 
that was what I thought, right? That was their story, right? So I thought, well, if I could just seem like I fit in and I was so bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) And I understand now why I was so bad at it. Like being very intuitive, if you try to not be authentic, that doesn't work out well for us. It's how it goes. So when I thought about it being, I always knew it was different. Fitting in and belonging were different. That's not the part that makes me shooketh. The thing that makes me shooketh is that it's the opposite. Exactly. So what I was wanting was to belong somewhere. Right. But what I was trying to do was fit in. So I everything that was happening was the opposite of what I wanted, but I didn't understand that. Right. Because I think most people think the opposite of fitting in is standing out. Oh, yes. Yes. Right? Yes. Really, you know, Dr. Brené Brown has educated us that it's actually belonging. Yeah. Because when you belong, you can stand out or blend in. That doesn't really matter. You can choose what you want that day or that minute. Right. Exactly. But fitting in, you have to like carefully balance the the wallflower blend in with taking too much attention. Right. And the, and I think the fitting in takes a lot of energetic work, whereas the belonging is natural and intuitive and it just happens. Oh, yeah. Mm. You like, know. When you're when you have belonging as your intention versus fitting in, you don't need to mask. Right. Exactly. You might present different elements of yourself more or less or like you might not start with like the shittiest part of you that you're showing everyone, right? At least what you think. Right, exactly. But you're not masking. What you're just, what you're doing is saying like, let me present who I am strategically. Right. Whereas when you're trying to fit in, you're just reading what everyone wants and trying to mold yourself into that. Exactly. Very different things. It is the opposite. Right. Very, very, very different things. Oh, I feel shooketh about it and... (laughs) I think my whole life I'll be like saying it to myself in my head. Well, right. I mean, that's a big, that's a big lesson for you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also kind of like permission to not fit in because I'm not interested in that. I want to belong. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I love that. So if you also have trouble fitting in, right. You just realized that what you wanted was belonging and you've been trying to do the opposite thing the whole time. Welcome. I am the spokesperson. Jane is here as the, the president. And if you'd like to join us in our club, here we are. Exactly. Okay, Jay, let's do some more feedback from the viewers. Yep, I like this. You can tell that I am clairvoyant because I say viewers, but there's nothing to watch. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> I always do that. I'm like, oh, a viewer said this. And then I'm like, wait, they're not viewing. But I, when I'm listening to something, I'm viewing it. Right, exactly. Okay. So you can you can tell your Claire's just by the way you say it. Okay. So listener would be the appropriate term. But this is from Misty. Okay. Okay. She said, hi, Heather and Jamie. I stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify and absolutely can't get enough. I'm on episode 10, but I have learned so much as I embark on my own journey. My question is related to energy work, specifically for those with chronic health conditions. As an example, I was born with several heart defects and have had four surgeries. While my condition can be managed, it can't be cured. How does chronic illness affect alignment of the chakras and one's ability to be truly in balance? 
While my heart is structurally different, I am not currently having any issues, but someone else with a different defect might have chronically low oxygen that impacts their daily living. So she goes on and she's amazing. Like, mm. God. Um, but she talks about like how people are dealing with trauma and like different illnesses and what that's like for them to try to be in alignment with their chakras. Right. So I know you answered this one. <laughs> yeah, I did. And again, I gave her a bunch of paragraphs, but I think, <laughs> I mean, I didn't write this in my response to her, but I think that this is sort of where you can fall into that trap of having like a really sort of shitty healer um, where someone can say that like they can heal this. Like you can't heal a chronic heart condition that you like that you were born with, like a congenital heart condition. Right. No amount of Reiki is going to heal that. Right. Okay. Yes. Like it does just how it goes, but that's not to say that energy work whether it's Reiki or acupuncture or whatever, that it can't help that. And it could certainly help alleviate or maybe balance some of the symptoms that you would have from that condition. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that's just sort of my like warning. Like if someone's telling you that they can like cure you of something like that, just, I mean, I know we've said it a thousand times, but just be aware. Um, it's worth repeating as many it times. Is. <laughs> So what I said to her was that her body and her energetic field have acclimated to her heart defect. So her, like what I call like her baseline for balance would include her heart as it, as she was born, as it exists inside of her body. And however, it's always functioned. And like, I wrote to her, like I tapped into her heart at like, and her heart chakra was balanced. Mm -hmm. Um, I said like more than likely if the condition got out of hand and she needed to manage it differently, her heart chakra would read as imbalanced as a way to show you that your body was in need of some sort of support or for, or for care. But like your, your body and your energetic field knows what's inside of it. Like it's taking into account that she has this condition. So that's part of her baseline. Right. Don't you think that there's like a little bit of a, a weird untruth or myth that like, if, you have an injury to a part of your body or you have something like a heart defect or a chronic illness or anything like that, or you've suffered some trauma that that means your chakras are out of alignment or can't align until it's healed. But that I know that you've said many times that is not actually true. Cause what you're saying in what you just said is that your body's going to acclimate to it. Right. And I think that people incorrectly correlate perfect health to balanced chakras. Right. And that's not, that's not true because it's not always attainable. Like Mm -hmm. someone like myself who I have a thyroid condition, right? Mm -hmm. So my, but my, that doesn't mean that my throat chakra is going to always be out of balance Mm -mm. because that's part of it's, that's how my body's operating right now. If you have like a bad knee, you've had a knee injury for 40 years, like that it's not necessarily going to read that it's problematic for you there because like, that's how your, your body's used to operating with that. doesn't mean that you don't need support there, but it also doesn't mean that there's something like quote unquote wrong. And you can't be like, quote unquote aligned because of that. Exactly. Exactly. And again, we have like a lot of issues with like ableism in our culture. Correct. I feel like this kind of stems there because it's sort of this idea that, you know, if you aren't in a body that's completely able to do everything or you right. have some sort of chronic condition, 
that that means you're unhealthy, but that is not true. That's not the measure of health. And the way that your energy field responds to your body doesn't have anything to do with the actual injury or defect or thing that's hard. It has to do with your experience around that. Exactly. Exactly. Let's say you have like a broken leg. It's not like, oh, well, there's no way my root chakra is going to ever balance until this heals because I can't put both legs on the ground. Like your, your energy field is way smarter than that. Exactly. And it will adjust. Now, something like with a thyroid issue, like you're talking about, of course your throat chakra can balance with that. It would it be something where I was like, oh, we should keep a closer eye on your throat chakra. Yeah. Right. Right. So for Misty, like making, maybe keeping an extra eye on her heart chakra. Yes. But it doesn't mean that it can't balance how it is. Right. And also, and and Misty isn't doing this, but I've seen other people do this where they then like almost use those issues as like a place to feel like the victim. Right. So like they come in and they're always like, how's my, like, I'm not going to say heart because that's not how she's behaving. Like, like, how's my throat chakra today? Oh, is it out of alignment? Like, no, actually. And like, and I can almost feel that they get like a little irritated with me. Right. Like you must not see me. Like you're like, you did it wrong. And I'm like, no, it's actually like that your throat's okay, but you're so attached to whatever this is around it, yeah. that, that it would make you feel better. If you, it's like having the imbalanced chakra, may, it like confirms or affirms the issue that the person has. Yeah. Because you also have to remember that your chakras are not just reacting to the physicality of you. Exactly. Like there could, there's been times where I've gone in because I'm like, I know my throat chakra is a mess. And it's like, Um, actually it's your sacral chakra, but like my throat chakra is always the first to act up. And I think it's probably because I have it in my head that I'm, I have throat chakra issues. So sometimes you're like, Oh, it's my throat chakra. Or you're having like trouble vocalizing something or whatever, or you're losing your voice and you're like, it's gotta be the throat chakra, but it could be one of the other ones. You know what I mean? It doesn't even mean it's that one. Well, and there could be two or three other chakras that are out of balance and you're now just addressing it because it's, it's messing up your throat, right? Like exactly. it could it could be wreaking havoc somewhere else. Who knows? Exactly. So point being, you do not have to have perfect health. You can have chronic conditions. You can be like, you could actually be really, really ill and have like really beautifully balanced chakras. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and you can also be in like, like peak physical health that yes. like someone who made up the stupid BMI index, don't get me started, would like give you a star and like your oxygen levels are amazing and all this stuff. And your chakras could be a shit show. Exactly. So that you don't necessarily correlate. No, they don't. Not always. Right. They affect each other, but they don't. Yeah. They don't dictate each other fully. Right. Yeah. I thought that was such a good question. I love that one. This question or this feedback was from Riley and she Um, I don't even fully know the answer to this question, but I freaking loved the, this is, I love our listeners. I loved it. So I had to read it. Okay. Okay. So this is about the male tree preference in urban areas. Yes. I remember this one. Okay. So she's asking if we've heard of it and she said, it's interesting. It makes sense in some aspects, but the claim that it's rooted in capitalism is so interesting to me personally. 
she said, I know this isn't a whole topic, but wouldn't it be interesting to look into the natural aspects that go into curating in our modern world, like the pieces of nature we choose to keep slash disregard and how that benefits in quotes, society, capitalism, health, allergies, connections to plants or lack thereof. And Mm. she's saying that she actually saw this to begin with on TikTok. Love. So she's already definitely someone who should be friends with us. Yeah. Agreed. I love that question when it came in. So I don't know the answer to this, but we have it saved on our board and we could certainly look into it. I think that there's so much information in how capitalism and patriarchy do shit. Do I think that they were like, let's make only male trees and cut down the stuff that helps people breathe. Do I think they did it on purpose? Probably not because they're not that smart, but I bet it happened. And then they learned about it because they have smart people who work for them. Right. They didn't bother correcting it because it doesn't affect how they make money. Exactly. Exactly. And this is what I always say is like how insidious and sort of subtle patriarchy and white supremacy and capitalism, all the arms of that, right? This is what people who get irritated with people like us, like, what's the big deal? Like, what's what's the big deal? You don't realize how insidious it is, how capitalism has, like, seeped its way into so many facets of our life. Like, obviously, like, really big issues, right? Like, pay disparity and, like, Mm -hmm. an unlivable minimum wage. Like, all that stuff is very obvious. But there's all these little ways that you don't know or we don't know how capitalism is, like, affecting trees and plants and cities and arboretums and wherever it's crazy and doesn't it just really highlight how at some point we just like drop kicked our own knowledge of our planet out of our own heads exactly exactly we did it's ridiculous yeah i think this is amazing and i think it's worth looking into and If there are any other listeners who know more about this topic and want to direct us somewhere, I would love to know that because I would love to look into it. I did do some Googling. Mm -hmm. It is definitely a thing. It is very difficult to find any information or like research done on it, but I bet it's out there. And if it's not, I bet there are smart people who know about this stuff who could do it. And I think it's worth it for sure. I agree. I agree. The next one I have from us is from Lisa. Okay. I loved this one. So she's talking about the episode 51 we did on dreams. Oh yeah. Okay. So in this episode, I said that it is not possible to see yourself in a mirror in a dream. Yes. She was not the only person who wrote to us and said, I have seen myself in a mirror in a dream. Yes. So Lisa has. So let's see if I can find where she says that. My whole life, I've had extremely vivid dreams, and I take note in my waking life. Whenever I've changed my hairstyle in my waking life, it's because I've repeatedly had a dream first where I've changed it, and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and thinking about the new look. Incredible. Yeah. And so there were a lot of different feedback people saying like, oh, I had this experience looking in a a mirror in a dream. And what I could clock from all of them was it seemed as though they were trying to look at like a future projection of themselves. Yes. Like to get the haircut. Right. It was also someone who could see that like their, their child self in the mirror. Right. And I, and I don't say like get the haircut, like your, your subconscious is telling you to like (laughs) your hair. 
but that's like a sign of transformation. Yes. Right. So I would like to say that it's clear to me that what I said in the episode that you can't see yourself in a mirror in a dream is incorrect. Well, and this is what I love about, this is what I love about us, Heather. (laughs) I love, I love that people feel like they can say like, Oh, Hey, no, that happened to me. And we're not like, Oh, screw you. You're wrong. Like, Oh yeah. Well, please don't feel like you can't reach out to us. Like we're happy to hear this. Oh yeah. I have some, I have a dream. I have a DM here from the Instagram page. Yeah. Mandy wrote to us after that same episode. Yeah. Didn't you say something about um, like the clocks aren't right in them? Yeah. The clock is never right. And she yeah. said, I wanted to tell you that I actually used to read clocks in my dreams. I'd make out the numbers on digital clocks and the times would say things like 1268 or 756. Always, always black clocks with red numbers, never real times. This was back in high school. Now, I understand it has a lot to do with how my grandma communicates with me. Oh, that's so cool. So it was like, it was like a message. It was like a sign from her, from her ancestors. That is amazing. These are the kind of things that we need to hear about because we're going off our own experience and then Mm -hmm. what we're learning from different, I try to have them be good resources, right? Right. And so this not knowing that people are seeing themselves in mirrors and are reading clocks. What, what I said about that was you can't read anything in a dream. Yes. Right. Including numbers and clocks. So when people are like, Hey, I can, it doesn't read to me like they're, they're saying that's wrong. It reads to me like we just haven't done enough research on this topic because there's clearly people who can do this. And there's clearly like a, a special message in them for these people. Well, and they're, and obviously like, you know, if you're doing scientific research, you might not be researching intuitive people, right? Like the, the cohort might be off. Right. Or you just might not feel like you have the space for, as an intuitive person to say, oh, I actually like this happened. Like that you're probably not being asked what kind of intuitive downloads you got in the dream. Exactly. You know, like you're being like. Exactly. Right. Like, so, so I think that, that it's amazing feedback. So debunking the stuff that I, that we said, I'm, I'm saying we were wrong. You clearly can see yourself in a mirror. I'm interested to know if it's like, if anyone's ever seen the, their like present self in the mirror. Right. Exactly. And I'm really interested to hear more about people seeing numbers or reading things and getting them as messages. Are they always messages? Is it something else? I would love to know even more. Same. I love it. Debunked. And that's awesome. (laughs) okay um this is from rebecca and so rebecca is a acupuncturist and she studies um traditional chinese medicine i love this one yes so i'm gonna skip a little bit but she said i was taught that before the onset of western medicine Mm -hmm. traditional chinese medicine practitioners in china were paid by the government in charge However, in complete contrast to Western medicine, they were paid more based on how people were well in their villages and less if they were more sick people. So much of traditional Chinese medicine was developed around wellness and maintaining health versus only treating illness and disease. It did not pay to keep people sick. Just thought you might like to hear this tidbit. Imagine that. Imagine if we focused on wellness. Oh, I love that. 
It's incredible. It I makes did, so much sense. We did enjoy that tidbit very much. I loved it. Yeah. And if we could nominate Rebecca to help overhaul our current healthcare system, I would like to do that. No pressure, Rebecca, but get to it. <laughs> We're putting you on the committee. We've submitted your name. <laughs> We also want to be on it, though we're not experts in any of that stuff. But no, I love that. Email. I love it too. Such a great perspective. It really does highlight how our healthcare system is built on keeping people ill. Exactly. That's how they make money. Yep. Yes. Okay. So I have one more here that's going to lead into our um, our, our bad comments that we have because mm. they're both about Doreen Virtue. Oh, I have one too that we can do after. Oh, yes. From um, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So this is from Reed and this is about Doreen Virtue. Thanks for this deep dive on her current site. Her frequently asked questions. Mm. She now uses the residual income from Hay House to pay her back taxes. And then they wrote cough, cough, best wishes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. I did look this up and it does say that. Yeah. She does. So she's still benefiting from the money that she and the people who bought her stuff and still do. She's still benefiting. So don't buy her shit. No, because and she's denouncing it and saying that we're all crazy and worshiping the devil or whatever (laughs) insanity. She's like, no, but yes, making money. And not only is she making money and profiting off it, but she's getting herself out of like trouble with the government, (laughs) (laughs) saving her own ass from the problems she got herself into. Yes. From her, if you remember from our episode, from her ranch that she started to save animals that she just abandoned to let them all die. Let them all die. Mm -hmm. So, So please don't buy her stuff. Please don't buy her stuff. Read. I love I love the feedback form. I love that you sent us that. I love that you wrote cough, cough at the end. Again, these people are our friends. We are all alike. Yep. <laughs> okay. So segueing, we have on, on Apple, you can leave like a, like you can write a comment and, and put stars like ratings to our episode. Correct. We have a lot of amazing ratings. I have to confess right now that sometimes I go read the ones I've already read just to like feel excited. You get a little boost. I do. <laughs> okay. All five stars, except for this one bozo. <laughs> so I would like to read what they said, not to give them more, not to give Angela Marie here more attention, but here's the thing, right? You are welcome to not like what we talk about. You are okay. welcome to disagree. Yep. But please do so correctly. I mean, I would love it if you could be polite about it, but even if you can't be, don't be wrong. Exactly <laughs> my point. Okay. So let me read you what she wrote with our one-star review. <laughs> okay. So the caption is incredibly judgmental and speculative. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the hour long episode of judging and speculating the truths given by Doreen Virtue was unnecessary. First of all, what do you mean the truths given by Doreen? What? Given about her? What do you mean? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's incredibly disappointing that time and effort was put into putting someone down. Oh. 
time and effort was put into researching and calling out what somebody did to hurt a lot of other people. Well, I was going to say, and to protect people. Like, we weren't looking to just, like, shit talk Doreen Virtue. We were looking to protect people from her. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We weren't, like, talking about how we don't like her haircut. We were saying she's fraudulent and wants, like, thinks gay people should go to hell. Right. Exactly. Get a grip. Yeah. Right. Okay. Next line. It's incredibly disappointing. Oh, that I just read that one. Next line. Opinions are opinions, but you guys were straight up bullies. <laughs> I don't know why this makes me so happy. I just, it's, it's so unfounded that it's, I can't, I can't be offended. I would, I would personally care if I thought I had hurt someone's feelings or if I thought that we made a mistake, I would be the first to be like, Hey guys, we screwed up. But this is like, you're clearly just on this mission to protect and divert attention away from Doreen that like, it's so obvious that it's literally funny. Right. Like Doreen doesn't even know we exist. Right. She's not bullied. And like Doreen is the bully that we're calling out. And I think this happens a lot. And I know that it sounds very middle school, but I believe it happens in adulthood as well, where you kind of get gaslit for saying like, Hey, you're, you're being mean to this whole group of people. You're saying that people like me or whatever are, are like bad or wrong because of your personal belief system. That's not cool. And then when someone turns around and calls you the bully for standing up for it, that, that like grinds my gears a bit. Yeah. That's just, that's projection. You're projecting. Exactly. Okay. I really like this next line because it couldn't be more incorrect. Are you ready? Christian science is not a biblical religion. And Doreen has been very upfront about that. Doreen is not into Christian science. No, not the current religion. She's in a a very culty wing of the evangelical church. Christian science is a totally different. Yes. Follow wax, babe. Um, And she's been very upfront about how you're supposed to like take all of the Bible, literally like verbatim. So, um, again, if you're going to be mad at us and like put out a comment like this, you need to have your facts straight because now you just undid everything. Right. She says the last line here is change is good, except the fact that Doreen has changed and is spreading more light now than she did in new age. I think we, we, if you had actually listened to the episode, Angela and me, she did not. You would have known that we actually called out some of her behavior in the new age stuff that we didn't like. Exactly. Mm. Right. We did. Yeah. So swing and a miss, babe. Yeah. But then she went on and commented. She, she commented on our Instagram post. She did. She, she, wasn't the, done. <laughs> she went all the way back to the, the post from 50 weeks ago as of now. Yeah, she found that post and she commented not the same thing that she wrote on the <clears throat> on the review, but the same thing. She even gave us a Bible quote, which was a first for me. It was incredible. Um, <laughs> but like the same thing, like saying that we're being judgmental, but then calling us bullies. Like it, 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 it it's perfect because it fully encapsulates all of the things that we say about people with inside well not everyone inside organized religion but like the sort of extremist radicalized culty religion like you're doing all the things that you're complaining about 
Right. You're coming and commenting on a podcast you didn't listen to. Right. And saying that we're bad, like you're doing the thing and you don't even have any facts, right? Right. You're welcome to disagree. I think we say that every episode. Mm -hmm. We don't, because we don't have a belief system to convert you to, because we believe everyone should believe what they want to believe. All we're doing is calling out toxic behavior that's hurting people and we're not right. going to convert you to something. So I think it's confusing for people. So they, they try to say bully or something, but it's like, babe, we're not the spokesperson for anything else. It We're just, well, and let's, you can't treat people this way. And let's call it like it is. Cause if you look at her Instagram page, she has this like motivational page all about the word of the Lord. Yeah. Literally like her Very. entire page. Very it's deep. all about like these beams that she's made about Jesus and God and Bible quotes. So like, you know, you're acting under the guise that you're doing this like footwork to protect Doreen virtue, but really you're hoping that you're going to cause a little bit of a fire and people are going to look at your page and you're going to get likes and views and follows from it. So like we can see right through this. So <laughs> your intentions are pretty clear. Have a nice day. Yeah. Have the day you deserve. Oh my God. That's my favorite saying. Have the day you deserve. Exactly. Enjoy, enjoy your day that you deserve because it's what it is. And you know, I, I'm snarky about it, but I'm not really mad at it because it's like, Um, I feel like when the religious crazies, like the cult religious crazies, the, when I say religious crazies, I mean the people who think everyone should believe their beliefs. Oh yeah, exactly. When they start coming for you, that is a great sign that you're doing something good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. All right. So if, if those people are mad at us, good. We're doing something right. Like we we are speaking up the way we want to speak up. We're being we're we're ruffling enough feathers mm-hmm. that people are hearing the message. Good. Good. Ruffle away. Be mad. Exactly. And next time when you're going to spend the time writing a comment, at least fact check first. Let's listen to the whole episode. We'll take, we'll take the, the listen and the, we'll take the listen. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. I know you have a few more Instagram messages that you wanted to share. Yeah. So I love the DMS on Instagram because so many of them are people who just will comment with, with their recommendations about, mm-hmm. have you read this book? Have you tried this Oracle deck? I love this. What do you think about that? Um, and we look at all of the things that they suggest. We do. Yeah. So um, one of our listeners, Dev, she wrote and shared with us the book Moonology, mm-hmm. which I have. I've read. I think you have it too. Yep. Um, and I told her that we we read that book and we love it. It's like a great, It's a, if you're looking for a book, like to start off understanding the moon and the phases of the moon, it's a really good starting place. There's a cool um, little deck that goes with the book too, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she also said that, you know, she'd been listening to the Archangel episodes um, and she found Actually, speaking of Doreen, (laughs) she found this deck. It's called Angels Among Us. um, And it's all about angels, but they're, it's very like diverse. The angels are drawn like with different body types, different colors and ethnicities. Um, And so I was like, this is a great, it's a great alternative to the Doreen Virtue decks that everyone had said that they had so many problems with. Mm -hmm, Exactly. Yeah. So like the fact that our listeners are like, Hey, check this out. Love that. Our kind of people like, here's a great alternative. So you don't have to support something like that. Boom. Yep. Love it. And then another listener, Vanessa, she asked if we had read, um, 
the Sophia Code, which I have it, but I haven't read it. It's on my long, long pile of books, my TBR pile. But I have started it many times and I it's a great book. But yeah. it's one of those books that like you have to read a little bit and then like go lie down and think about. Exactly. It's a deep right. read. Yeah. Right. Because it's all about like the divine feminine and Christ consciousness and like mm-hmm. the true story about like Jesus and Sophia and Sarah, all of all of these players. Yeah. So so that's another thing. Great book recommendation for people looking for that. Yep. We have people, Caitlin wrote to us and she was just asking about mirrors. She wanted us to talk about mirrors, oh, yeah. which we have not talked about, but it's on our jam board for things to talk about. Not just in dreams. <laughs> not just in dreams, no mirrors in real life. A lot, a lot of people have issues with mirrors, like yeah. looking at them. They're nervous about them. I mean, you're saying a lot of people, but I think that you're one of them. I am. <laughs> Not to call you out directly, but I am, I am. And Caitlin here, she said like, ever since I was about five, I would look into mirrors and almost, it was almost like I was shifting without knowing. Um, She has like weird sensations um, when it comes to the reflections of herself. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she wrote a very, very cool, very long um, message here, but um, she wanted to know if that was something we would ever talk about. And I was like uh, a million percent, we will talk about that. Yeah, I think we could do a whole episode on like different tools and things that you can use. But I think, first of all, I think of mirror work is the first thing I think of, which it's probably not exactly what she's talking about. But there is something very powerful at like looking at yourself while you say or think or do something. Yes, exactly. There's also for me, when I'm looking in a mirror, something in my brain says like, I'm not supposed to see this. Yes. You have that experience? Like it's too much. Like you're getting too much info. Yeah. Like this isn't how I'm supposed to see the world. I'm not supposed to see myself in the world. I'm supposed to just be in the world. Like there's something wacky and trippy about it just no matter what. Right. Well, because for millions of years, there were no mirrors. You were only like the reflection in, in the water you were looking in or something, you know? Right. Now, again, we could go into this more in a, in a whole episode, but I do want to say because there's something weird or trippy about looking in a mirror, I think it triggers people to be afraid. Cause you're like, I'm seeing something I can't see. Right. Exactly. Right. And then it sort of triggers you into that. Like what else might I, what if I see a dead person's face in the mirror or a demon in the mirror or a murderer has crept up behind me in the mirror? Like it doesn't even have to be like a supernatural thing. Right. <laughs> Yes. I remember yeah. learning very young that like vampires didn't have a reflection. So I would mm-hmm. be like, I wonder if when I turn around, there's going to be a vampire there, but I couldn't see them in the reflection. So there's all right. kinds of, cra- and that doesn't come from nowhere. That comes from some kind of lore belief, right? There's like, and there's a lot of lore, but there's also a lot of psychology. Tons. Tons. Yeah. Right. So I think looking in a mirror is a more complicated experience than we like to say. Yeah, I think this needs to be an episode. Yeah, I will say that I'm very distracted by when I'm looking in the mirror. I'm not thinking so much of like supernatural stuff. I'm thinking of like, make sure you're nice to yourself when you look in the mirror and don't just look for your flaws. Like, I think I'm distracted by having to do body dysmorphia work in the mirror. Right, exactly. So I don't have big trippy experiences, but I know Mm -hmm. like you've always been like, there's something there that's like reflecting at me that I, I don't think I can see, but maybe I might catch a glimpse, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a whole story about 
me and mirrors from my childhood that we can talk about in the episode. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good teaser. Coming soon, <laughs> Jamie's mystery childhood mirror experience. She fell into a mirror and went to a different dimension. To Wonderland. <laughs> Super. <laughs> a great great question comment and we'll we'll put that into a future episode for sure exactly um and so the only other things are that we've gotten lots of messages about archangel michael like in particular but also other archangels just saying like thank you for this episode like i was always sensing something and i never knew what it was until i heard the episode like different sort of anecdotal stories like that and then i have one last one from jenny wrote into us and again it's brene brown she's prevalent I mean, and these. she deserves, she deserves <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah. Um, she said, your podcast is right up there with Brené Brown as far as getting me through the pandemic. Hello. Wow. Compliment. What a compliment. Hello. Oh you do. Send it again. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, so I thought this was a really good question. She wrote it after listening to the shadow work episode. Ooh, yeah. And she said, um, how do you tell the difference between shadow work to be done in something like ADHD, mm. is it that I'm forgetful and not detail oriented because of a diagnosis, or because um, because of some ego things that I have to address? That's such a good question. Like, wh- like how thoughtful, like how thoughtful to like take in the information and then apply it to yourself and see where you can help improve your 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 life with it. I love it. I also think that neurodivergency could be its own episode. To be honest. I agree for so I think it's so layered. I think it could be like three episodes, <laughs> 12 episode series, 12 part series. Yeah. I, I just, it's like, there's so many issues with neurodivergence, but also now how it's being used um, almost to like to, to diminish the experience of intuitive people. Yeah. Um, and also that like, maybe it doesn't even like, it's no really no such thing as neurodivergence. It's just like you don't fit this one mold of your it's a, it's a, taken information. Right. The patriarchy and capitalism want us all to be neurotypical so that we can go work eight hours a day in a box and, and be happy about it, right? Yes, exactly. There's no quote unquote normal brain. <laughs> right. That makes no sense. Right. Right. But not to disparage the experiences of people with, with ADHD or autism or anything like that. Those are all obviously like real things, but it's like almost like it feels like we're like people are being pitted against each other. Right. Or that it's saying that those people are like lesser or like even just neurodivergent, like they diverge from what exactly, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I think that could be a whole episode, but I, I would like to say that mm-hmm. I think if you can understand the way that you operate, mm-hmm. no matter what, if you have ADHD or anything else, then right. seeing the difference between like maybe taking in information differently or like natural avoidance techniques or things like that and a need for shadow work will become very obvious. Correct. But if you are conditioned in the society that we are conditioned in, where you're told that those things are wrong about you or make mm-hmm. you feel bad because you can't fit the stupid mold, then it would be very difficult to see the difference. Agreed. And agree. I, that's a, such a good point of distinction to make for people when they're listening to that and, and trying to do that work. I also told Jenny in my response that it doesn't matter like what the cause is, 
what matters is like where the shame is. If there's any shame around it, that's where the shadow work goes. So the shadow work wouldn't be used to like, quote unquote, fix something. It would be to like work on how, how you're perceiving and managing all of it. Oh, that's such a beautiful point because it, because what's going to happen if you have shame around the fact that you have ADHD and right. probably not shame about the label, but it's probably shame right. that maybe some things operate difficult, like are difficult for you. Like right. I, I know, like I saw a TikTok recently where someone with ADHD was like, stop telling me that, you know, if I really valued it, I would remember the appointment. Like that's not how I work. Right. Yeah. So then because people are saying that to you, you have shame around the fact that you have trouble remembering appointments, right? But the thing is that there's probably shadow work to do about how you are late to appointments or forget them because you have shame around it. So you think it's a bad part of yourself. And now you've been taught it. You've been conditioned to believe it. So I can see how that creates a tangly mess. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that you would use that example because that's what I said in this message to her was. It's like we're intuitive (laughs) or something. The shadow is from the story that you created about being forgetful Mm -hmm. and the shame that surrounds that story. So you look into those feelings of shame to do the shadow work. You're not looking to do the shadow work to like fix the fact that you're late or that you can't remember something like that's not where the, like you have to properly place where the work goes. Yes. And because you can do that, like you said, you address the feelings around it. What's right. going to happen is that it's going to be easier for you to find the correct coping mechanism to right. to deal with the fact that that happens. If, if that's right. something you want to change, it will become easier to change it when you do the shadow work. Right. Because the resistance will be gone. Exactly. And sometimes I think we're sort of taught to do it backwards. Like, well, if you could just be on time, then you wouldn't feel shame. And like, that's right. That's right, right, right. Never work. Right. You're, yeah, yeah, you're not looking to avoid it. You're looking to heal the feelings around it. Such a thoughtful question. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. I would love to hear more uh, from people who have issues like that in what yeah. the way that they view it as well. Because, I mean, I'm kind of a boring, pretty neurotypical person. So I, I would love to hear more viewpoints on that. Oh, I live in a family of neurodivergence. I mean, we are. We are a neurodivergent bunch over here. I mean, and I think that it's always something that people are struggling with when you're trying to like squish yourself into the box of patriarchy. Yeah. And it's just not talked about enough. Mm -mm. Yeah. Nope. So enter us. Here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Do you have any more like feedback or comments or, or things you'd like to mention about listener feedback at all? No, I just love it. I, I'm so happy to hear whenever I see a DM, I'm so happy to see someone writing in and letting us know what they think about things or suggestions they have. I love it. And there were many more. If we didn't read yours, it wasn't anything personal. It was it was great. I, I tried to pick ones that we hadn't already addressed, mm. you know, the issues in, but please send them and please feel free to disagree. Like, like we said, we like hearing you be like, actually, I can see myself in a, in a mirror in a dream, Heather. <laughs> Absolutely. I, we just, we have the coolest listeners. Like we do. there's a listener who I, I don't want to, I didn't have like permission, but like she does, she is a hairstylist that does Reiki while she's cutting people's hair. That's amazing. Are you kidding me? That's so much to manage at one time. I'm so impressed that a human could do that. And I think she's on the literal other side of the country. So like, 
but like, I wish there was someone here that would do that. Like, yes, it's such a great, I mean, just think about how cool our listeners are. We really do have the best ones. Like I'll mm-hmm. fight any podcaster who thinks theirs are better than ours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, listeners. Keep sending yeah. feedback forms. Keep sending feedback on social media. Go to yep. the new website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. Send it through there. Send it yep. however you want to send it. We're yep. watching. Yep. We look for it. Jamie, thank you for being such a good responder to everybody and being such a thoughtful responder when people send in stuff. Yeah, if I forgot one, I'm sorry. Just if I if I don't write you back, just follow up with me. I'll get back to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Jay. I need Thank coffee, you. as always. Right. Always. Coffee and a nap. Hey, everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.